watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Man, I am so ready to get out of my stinking house. Yeah? Yeah. So, we had snow. Lots. 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 And you had, you, you certainly had more than I did. At my, my deepest point in the backyard when I measured was 12 inches on the dot. So, for, for those of on you... On Monday. On Monday. I didn't measure after round two. So, for those of you who don't know Pacific Northwest, we get rain. And I think everybody knows that. We're sort of notorious for rain, right? Yeah. And, and it's not so much that we get a lot of rain... We just get a lot of rainy days. So in any given year, we may have rain 200 days of I think, the year. Yeah, I think 200 days is pretty conservative. Um, and, and so that's uh, that's sort of what we're known for, and that's reasonable. And um, it's not heavy rain. It's not Midwest rain. It's mm-hmm. not Southern rain. It's not like an inch in an hour. It's like an inch in a day. Right. It's but just constant, constant, damp drizzle. Right. And, and and so I think probably in the in the Willamette Valley we're, we're situated sort of at the uh, base of the Willamette Valley, about an hour away from Willamette Pass, which is the start of the Willamette River, which dumps into the Columbia on the Oregon Washington border. So kind of where we're at, um, you know, I think the city of Eugene is two hundred fifty three hundred feet in elevation and neighborhood. Yeah, I live at like five seventy five six hundred somewhere in there. Uh, and you're 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 right at city level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we get snow probably once a year. We get snow that sticks longer than about three minutes once every three or four years. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, this is the biggest snowstorm I can ever remember in Oregon. I have some that are on par with this. Two years ago, so it would have been like winter of 2016. Right when I moved back, we had a really comparable, and I don't know if we got the same amount of snow, but we got that same, the same scenario that we're in now, where we got a bunch of snow, a little bit of melt, and then freezing temperatures for Mm -hmm. the balance of a week and a half. So we were, the city was out of commission for two weeks, because I'll tell you, the city has six snowplows. Right. (laughs) Right. That's not six. And and within the county, there's like a total of 15. And so that would have been what, 2016? 16, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's when I was still in Portland. And I did mis- misspeak. I said, this is the worst snow I can remember in Oregon. What I meant to say, this is the worst snow I can remember in Eugene. Because mm. certainly in Portland, I can remember lots of snow this bad, if not worse. But, you, you know, Monday or Sunday evening? Sunday night, yeah. Sunday night, they're talking two to four inches on the valley floor. And about eight o'clock, I looked outside and there was two inches. And I was like, <laughs> it's it's still coming really hard. hard and it's supposed to snow all night and get cold so what 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 am i missing here and sure enough i wasn't missing anything it was just 18 inches of snow at, on our sidewalk out front i woke up like a child i got up to go to work at 5 30 and i i was so sold on the fact that the snow was going to accumulate and stick that i didn't even pull clothes out for work the following day and I walked out into my kitchen into my underwear, and I, or in my underwear, <laughs> and I threw open my the blinds on my back door and beheld the most beautiful sight of about a foot of snow sitting in my backyard. And I ran out to the front to look at the road in front of my house. No one had driven on it. I was like, I'm not going to work today. 
it's not happening. Hmm. And I went and got back in bed. What what time was that at? 5.45. 5.45, yeah. Oh. So I, uh, I, you know, I think I just got excited, right? I'm like a little kid. So I couldn't get to sleep. You know, I'm laying in bed, reading. <laughs> excited i keep running to the window to see if anything's happening it's still snowing it's still still snowing snowing. uh and and then you know i think 4 30 look outside and it's just everything's covered with snow and i couldn't i couldn't sleep anymore i was just you know three hours of sleep apparently all i needed um well you were energized by the fact that you knew you weren't going to work right (laughs) right well that that was true so i woke up i think i actually got up out of bed about 6 30 uh because i had been waiting for market of choice to open as a uh, sort of Whole Foods clone here in town called Market of Choice and got all my running stuff, all my winter running stuff. You know, I got all my tights and my running my running pants and my gloves, you know, all excited and ran to Market of Choice and, you, you know, Will, Willamette, the street, the, the the big arterial that I live on, is pretty, a pretty busy street and mm-hmm. there was no one. No. Zero vehicles at seven o'clock in the morning uh, on the road. And by the time I got down to Market of Choice, which is... It's about a mile from here, all things said and done, believe it or not. Um, and by the time I got to, by the time I got to Market of Choice, um, I'd, I see a few cars in the parking lot and I go in and I'd clearly run. I'm covered in snow when I get there. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Getting donuts. <laughs> That's right. I'm getting the kids donuts. Uh, I needed some coffee for me. Uh, you, you know, that's that was a mistake. If you know it's snowing, make sure you got coffee in the house. Yeah. Because, ooh. That was all I could think about when I woke up. I was like, I don't have any coffee. God, what have I done? What have I done? So, yeah, I got some coffee. I got, what else did I got get? I get something else, too. Uh, you said coffee, donuts, and... Yeah. I don't remember. You texted me what you want to get. I got something else. Yeah. Probably something keto. <laughs> but, yeah, I came back and uh, just had a great time. And then, you know, uh, it's supposed to be another one or two inches on Monday night. And it wound up being another, I think five. We, yeah, I think we had another six or seven up here. So uh, weird, man. I'll take it though. I worked. Uh, well, I worked sort of. I worked remotely every day this week. Today was the only day that I went out. Uh, every other day has been all through my phone. It was what delightful. We you, you just do uh, customer service when you work remotely. Yeah, I just call them. What 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 can I get you? Yeah, or just warn them that they're going to get something that I have no idea what. They need, so mm. I'm just going to send them something. So do these these stores don't do their own stocking then? Some do. Some do. It's okay. it's it's a mixed bag. Well, you do a good you do a good service. I do. Andrew always tells me what beer I should buy. He always knows the secret places where they have the dates on them and the best prices. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this I like this Michelob Ultra Pure Gold USDA Organic. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't care about USDA organic. It's fucking beer. Yeah, I don't, I don't. it's pretty okay though. <laughs> yeah. It's decent drinking. It makes really good red beer. Oh yeah, that's what we had when when yeah, we had red beer. Exactly yeah, that is exactly what we were drinking when we had red beer. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Anything else new for you? No, just the usual same old, same old. Survived the snowpocalypse. It's been such a weird week. Just nothing's happened this week. Yeah. Because you've just been in your house. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. School's been canceled. Work's been canceled for the most part. You know, so up here, uh, it's a mixed bag. Some people have uh, above ground power lines, and a lot of people have the below ground power lines. So about sixty feet away from my house, everybody for two miles is out of power. Oh, that makes sense. I couldn't figure out why it was so dark up here. Yeah, it's because we're like one of seven houses on the block that have power. 
and being fully electric with no fireplace, we would have been screwed. You'd have been chilly. We'd have been chilly. Yep. We didn't lose power either. A lot of people. A lot of people did. We got lucky. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Snow snow in the Pacific Northwest. Is unusual. It's well, you know, I don't know that it's unusual in the Pacific Northwest, but it's certainly unusual in the valley. In the valley where we live. Yeah. And when we get hit, we get hit when we get hit we get we get really hit because we're in like we're basically walled in on three sides so anything that comes on top of us just sits well and i think that there's something to be said for uh infrastructure too right we don't have the infrastructure for for this type of weather so you you know people come from you know uh minnesota or or wisconsin or something and say oh people in oregon don't know how to drive in the snow no nobody don't nobody a nobody knows how to drive in the snow b we don't have the plows we don't have plows and de-icer i mean they don't use de-icer they don't use de-icer because it's really bad for the environment and we don't it doesn't snow enough here to justify using it no we have six snow plows so six snow plows in the entire city of eugene i think four hundred thousand or so in city of eugene when it's fully stocked uh, as it were as a college town census wise is 160 I think. yeah yeah but but springfield i i add springfield in there and springfield's another 80 and then this with the school and uh yeah, all the other things i think we get up to about 400 if you include the uh, transients the, the transients and the the metro area as it were so i can get behind that but six snowplows yeah right Thirteen thousand miles of road or something like that yeah it's crazy crazy so yeah it's not that we don't know how to drive in the snow it's that we don't have the infrastructure to make it possible to drive in the snow or snow often enough to have occasion to learn right what are we talking about today dude something kind of cool i think it's coolish you weren't a fan of it yeah i wasn't no i i'm not a fan of it at all so i suggested a topic this week and like i mentioned last week we we're gonna do something kind of special this week because i'll be gone for some time you'll still get some episodes we've got some prepared for you but i'll be gone did so, we announce this? Andrew's leaving. Andrew's uh, leaving. He's going to have a transition surgery. He will be gone for a full month. Full month. And I'll come back stacked up. <laughs> I'm going to go away for a month. <laughs> but I'll be back. Uh, so in the interim, you'll have to listen to some episodes that we have prepared for you. And then uh, then when I come back, we'll, we'll get back to fresh stuff. So anyway, the topic I suggested, because I'm not going to get to wear... Uh, I'm going to have my Timex Iron Man with me for a month. That's all you're taking? Yeah, I'm going to be living off my back. No. It's going to be miserable. Anyway, I wanted to do this week a watch that we're both going to pick a watch in our collection that we never wear or that we rarely wear and try to isolate why. Figure out why it is that this watch doesn't get the kind of wrist time that all of our other watches do. Hmm. What did you not like about this? <laughs> well, I'll start. Yeah, I'll start. So I'm wearing my MH Bertucci original. This is a Gen 1. I think they call it the BT2 uh, or the B2T. 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 Uh, T um, signifying that it's made of titanium. Mm-hmm. And B, uh, B2 signifying this case shape. This is the sort of uh, uh, rectangular, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it a uh, a rectangle shaped case, but it's it's certainly more more rectangular than their standard A one T case. <clears throat> it's very H shaped. H shaped, yeah, that's right. It's the H shaped case. Uh, you, you know, and this is one of the old ones, so it's got really terrible loom, um, and it's got that sort of gold 
shield logo if, if you've seen these this is a white dial version this has been on our instagram feed a number of times so if you if you a frequenter of a, of the instagrams you may have seen this but you know at the end of the day this is a watch i don't wear very often um and and i do think i do think i i can sort of pinpoint why and one of the reasons is uh when i got this watch it was used and it, and it was used hard uh, i'm not sure what the use was i suspect that the wearer of this wore maybe a kevlar motorcycle jacket frequently or something because the left side of this case is worn down and it's kind of worn down in an odd in an odd manner the rest of the case lines are sharp uh but there's this weird wear just on the on the left side you know where the upside of the wrist would be so uh, you, you know, maybe a, maybe a Kevlar sh- jacket or something. I, I'm not sure, and, and I don't really care. I've never noticed that. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's one of the reasons. You know, uh, an- another reason is this is a fixed lug watch. You know, the the lugs on this thing are are attached by a titanium lug bar that's actually connected to the case. So there's no spring bar, as it were. It's just got a post in between the lugs that you can run a pass-through strap on. And I gotta say, you know, as much as I love a pass-through strap, I'm not a, I'm not really that big of a pass-through strap uh, guy. You, you know, I, I had this conversation with someone the other day online, um, but my point was that I love buying pass-through straps i love seeing pass-through straps i love feeling them i think they're cool i want more of them i don't really like wearing them that much and it doesn't make any sense i realize that that's a stupid sort of uh gear acquisition syndrome thing and and so i'll I'll admit that but it's an odd thing you know i i I would say that there's not been all that many straps that haven't made me feel that way You, you know certainly uh, Haviston is a company, you know, I've stuck this Haviston, I think it's the 1936 mm-hmm. on a couple different watches and I love it. And there's, I don't get that. I don't really want to wear this feeling with that strap. Um, you, you know, my toxic NATO shiznit, I, I don't really get that feeling, but it still feels a little bit more like just a NATO. So uh, sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't want to put that on anything. So, does the size of this not deter you at all? Because it's a little bit, it's a lug to lug is bigger than I would expect it to be. No, the size doesn't deter me at all. In fact, I think it's a really good size. But I think what it is is it's just fairly casual. It is by a fairly wide margin the most casual watch I own. Um, you, you know, I have other sort of sport watches, and when I say sport watch, I don't mean Rolex Explorer sport watch. I mean Timex Ironman Sport Watch. So, mm-hmm. um, outside of those, that's the most casual watch I own, and so that's the other thing is is most of the time I feel like it's just too casual for whatever it is I'm doing. Um, I, I typically wear that thing on this um, heavy duty, you, you know, Zulu style NATO strap, and I say Zulu style because it's got the heavier weight nylon and it's got the big beefy. Um, the big beefy keepers, but I, I usually wear that thing on this strap because it's my draw weekend strap. It's really what it is, or mm-hmm. my draw weekend watch, and it looks killer on that heavy duty. Uh, it looks killer on that heavy duty Zulu style NATO, and and it 
it goes really well with the uniform, both that strap and the watch themselves. So it, it's kind of it's kind of been my drill weekend watch. Now, I, I think really that's what it comes down to. I don't I don't have a whole lot other than that. I like the dial. I like the color of the of the metal you know titanium has a different color than steel uh it's it's a little sort of darker um with some sort of i don't know yellowish or or greenish tints to it sometimes a little runs a little purple Uh, i like it i i I like all everything about it it's just too casual for me and really that's what it comes down to now i told you i think maybe on well, two two days ago, three days ago, sort of halfway through this week, where I was kind of oh yeah. So we also we didn't just pick a watch that we never wear. Last week on Friday, we started wearing that watch. Oh yeah, exclusively based on Andrew's sort of whip cracking. He told me I had to do this. I did. I told him he could wear a watch on both wrists if he liked. <laughs> but I, did you do that at all? No. No. Oh, you just rocked that Sh- Schwarzkopf style. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that. He wears what the Datejust and uh, and an SKX or uh, maybe a seven thousand two. That's pretty cool. Why not? Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. So I think I think it was you know what day four or five of that that I said you know I I don't know how this is going for me. I can't really think of a lot to say about why I don't wear this thing. I just don't wear it all that often. But but what I can think of is why I don't get rid of it because mm. that's sort of the there it is. I think that's sort of the obvious question. It's like, well, if you don't wear it, why why not get rid of it? Because you know, I could wear other watches to drill. I don't I don't wear this to drill because it's the best watch for drill. I just wear it to drill partially because because you have it, and that's an opportunity to wear it. It's that's right. It's an opportunity to wear it because I really do enjoy wearing it. So, um, you know, I'll I'll say a couple things about this watch. Um, one sort of t- for starters to get it out of the way you know i said i got this thing used i picked this thing up at a pawn shop for 25 bucks that's a huge win they wanted 40 <laughs> for it they had 40 on it and i said i'll give you 25 and she said i can't go that low and i said look i can get a graded certified re- pre-owned from the company for 40 i'll give you 25 cash for it today otherwise i'm walking and i showed her on my phone and, uh, you know, I was, that always feels a little rude to do. But she was like, yeah, that makes sense. You can do that. And I, I thought she was going to say, no, get your certified pre-owned. Um, and that's a smart, you're a smart consumer, but I'm going to find something less smart. But no, she sold it to me for 25 bucks. Super nice lady. I bought a couple watches for her from her, actually. Um, so 25 bucks. What, what am I going to do with this thing? I can't sell it. I, I could sell it for 25 bucks, but what's the, what's the point, right? Right. Uh, I have a thing that I like that doesn't take up a lot of space. That and you get a titanium watch for under thirty dollars for twenty five money. Right. Yeah, that's right. You, you know, I don't know if Bertucci still does their certified pre owned program. I know they still have watches on there, but it seems like they've slowed down that process. So, and these are hard to come by. They've discontinued this watch too. So, um, you know, that's that's sort of the baseline. Why don't I get rid of it? Because it doesn't make any sense to get rid of it. You mm-hmm. know, um, why would I get rid of it? You know, the other reasons are, are sort of about the watch themselves. The watch itself, I should say. Um, you, you know, you had asked if it was too big. I don't, I don't think it is. It's actually really comfortable. And, and I have a kind of a flat wrist. I think you have a little bit rounder wrist than mm-hmm. I do. The lug-to-lug is a little bit uncomfortable. It's a little bit larger than I would like. It, it, it actually sits on me really well. And, and, and that's sort of, you know, that's one of those things that's going to change person to person. But it, it is super comfortable. It's very light, you know, for fishing or 
Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, anything I'm doing outside, it, you, it disappears on your wrist. I really like the style of it. I like the font. I like the the red 24-hour numbers, uh, digits inside. I like the, the date window placement, 4 o'clock date window placement. People freak out. I love it. I think it's cool. It's got a 4 o'clock crown that is in line with that date window. And this crown, not big. And the crown guards are really prominent. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people, I've actually had this conversation with people in forums. They say, that crown looks so little. Is it a pain in the ass? Screw down crown. And I'll tell you, it is the nicest crown I have. The The threads aren't great, but just the feel, the the feel on it. Super easy to manipulate. Uh, and I love it. Here, uh, I'll hand that to you. It feels great. The screw down action is nice. It pulls out well. You know, it's I th- it's a, it's a quote unquote Japanese quartz. I think it's a Miyota quartz in there. Um, I I think it's great, man. That's because it's got nice big teeth on the crown that let you get a good purchasing grip on it. That's right. You, you know, it's a pretty common refrain. People see that that crown in, in uh, pictures and they say that crown doesn't look like it's going to work very well. Uh, but I'll tell you, I don't have another watch that is easier to screw or unscrew than that one so i mean it it beats the pants off of i mean just about anything else in my collection you you know in terms of screw down crowns it's easier than this skx uh it's easier than the mako or the the uh, um vostok amphibia by a mile yeah um because the amphibia you also have to feel like you're you every time you use it you're worried about (laughs) cross-threading that's right and ruining it forever uh, yeah, you know, it, it's just a great little watch. Uh, they they cost nothing, even brand new. I think these things are less than two hundred, brand new. Um, yeah. I think they're like one hundred and forty. So, so what is it that I don't like? I mean, really, it's just that it's too casual. I, I'm not a huge casual watch guy. I mean, it's the same reason that I wouldn't buy. You, you know, I have another watch that I wear less than this, and I didn't even bring it up, but I have that old Citizen. But that doesn't even work. Aqualand, it works. I've got it working. Oh, the pushers don't work. I need yeah. to. I need to replace the pushers. But, um, yeah, I don't wear that because it's just too casual. I put it on and I think this thing's just way too gadgety. You know, I don't want the the hardcore tool watches that a lot of guys wear. You know, I think the sort of first or maybe the dang it. This maybe the second run of micro divers were all these really slab sided, blocky, mm-hmm. you know, aggressive, m- masculine tool watches. Almost like they were trying to break into the diving industry before they realized that watch people were going to get dive watches, or they were trying to break in built into buildings by by way of sure oh, force. Yeah. yeah, there's that. You, <laughs> could, you could Hulk out with your wrist. <laughs> uh, so you know. Uh, people dig those watches, man, and, and every you know every month or so, someone says, "Oh, have you guys seen the new micro release or this new release from X and X company?" And I just, eh, it's not. Me. I want less divers from micros. Yeah. yeah, I want more examples like this DL sixty three or the Horizon. There's enough divers in the world. Mm-hmm. Get me more chronographs. Get me some field watches. Like, mm-hmm. get me something a little bit more refined than than dive watches i want more diversity what was the watch i sent you this week what was the stainless borealis adraga the mm-hmm. 200 200 meter explorer homage uh that's just came out in silver or stainless steel um i love it man i love what they're doing i i, I gotta say i wish they didn't ape the explorer font on that thing mm-hmm. 
If they had something other than Explorer font, I would love that watch. Because at 400 bucks with that movement, a 9015, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was 9015. Or, no, shit. NH35? One of the two. It's yeah. either 9015 or NH35, and I don't really care. 9015 is obviously a better movement, or I, I'd say it's a better movement. But in any event, it's got one of those two movements in it. 200-meter uh, water resistance, um, 40 millimeters or 39.5 millimeters, I think. It was 39.5, yeah, because I saw it, and I was like, oh, oh, oh get on me. Get on me. You know, I, I think we were talking about that, you know, real recently, sort of that 200 meter do everything field watch. That's what I want. That's what I want. And that's what I want that to be. It's got the stupid Explorer font. I don't need that. I don't need to look like I'm wearing an Explorer. And and, and you know what? Everything else is different enough uh, that we just just do your thing, girls. Give me a give me a sick looking. If that watch had any other font, I'd be like, yeah, that's the one. I'm not gonna buy it because I'm not gonna buy an Explorer, a, a clear AP Explorer homage. But yeah, so I, I did one other thing, and you didn't ask me to do this, but I'll give you some time to think about your own version of this. Mm. If I were to replace this, what would I replace it with? Because I think that that's the natural conclusion. What no. watch? replaces this for me similar price point or just what what replaces that what fills that void yeah i'm not gonna do so similar price point because i only have 25 bucks so i'd be stuck with like yeah. an f91w or three <laughs> right. um but i i think if i was gonna you know just take go go out now or in six months and buy a watch to replace this i think and this is gonna sound a little weird but i think for me i'd get the hamilton khaki mechanical field watch hand winder that's not a replacement to replace this that's not a replacement why do you say that that's just that's like the <laughs> I, I feel like that's saying okay now that i got rid of this watch i just want to buy the next watch in line that i want no i think that they would actually do the same exact thing they're in my collection i think that they would do the same thing i, I would wear that more than this right but it would be a watch that i'd wear on a nato it'd be a watch that i'd wear with my uniform it would be a field watch. So should that watch leave your collection, which, which watch takes the place of never getting worn? You know, I think I'd just have, I'd just have one more watch in the, in the regular in the rotation. rotation. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I, every, day, every day I wake up and I just look at the collection and I say, which one do I want to wear? This is the only one that doesn't get the nod. Hmm. That, that makes sense just given the environment that you work in day to day. So, and it is a field watch, you know. It's got that really sort of classic field watch dial it's got the 24-hour ring the you know the 24-hour numerals on the inner ring and small print uh it's a field watch high contrast durable lightweight that's right this Uh, is a watch you could throw at somebody and go pick up and put it back on yeah and not be worried about it yeah and i do that actually with the kids so because it's titanium so it really it just bounces off of them yeah they get like a little like a little dent sometimes whatever yeah kids heads pop right back out like aluminum cans and you know titanium is really strong so the the watch actually itself never dents it's just the heads perfect yeah <laughs> so you texted me earlier this week that you wanted to throw it into the snow right and it was we were talking about taking pictures of watches in the snow and i was like like to take a picture like to bury it or like to get rid of it and that's when you went into your <laughs> like, I, I just am so tired of wearing this thing yeah no i was i, I was getting actually kind of tired uh in fact i think what i said to you is i'm like uh you know i'm comparing it to dieting and thinking about cookies you know every mm-hmm. once in a while the idea of cookies will just 
pop into my head uh, and it's sort of irrational, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to the cupboard and get cookies, you know, because we've got co- cookies in the cupboard. I haven't had a cookie in months, but we've got a cupboard full of them. Why do you have cookies in the cupboard? For the kids yeah, or for I've me? Because you've never given me any cookies since well, I've been here. I, go get some Chips Ahoy. I'll wait. Oh, I don't want any Chips Ahoy. What are you talking about? I I want wait. crispy. I want crispy cookie. Chips Ahoy is crispy not, cookie. Not crispy. In, they're not crispy in like that, like baked, like slightly burnt. They're crunchy. Not crispy. There's a difference to me. So now look, this is this is philosophical more than anything. I am a Chips Ahoy kind of guy. OG. Kim will get the red package Chips Ahoy sometimes. I'm like, babe, don't. What's in, what's in the red package? I don't know. Chemical tasting soft cookies. I don't want them. I want the OG crunchy Chips Ahoy cookies. Also, I really like fresh chocolate chip cookies. I want them to be kind of hot and soft in the middle and crispy on the outside. Yeah. But OG Chips Ahoy. I always bake my cookies a little bit warmer than called for to really crisp up those edges i did that i approve that was wire that's gonna make a noise probably we're we're a mess here lately y'all we're we just the worst we've been crashing into stuff not nearly as bad as when i knocked over the microphones in mexico but still pretty bad yeah oh yeah did we we left that in right yeah yeah there was no way to not Uh, so I think that's it, man. If I replace that, I replace that with the Hamilton Khaki Mechanical. And I know you, as soon as I said that, you were like, that's a stupid thing to say. Because it's not a, I just don't see it as a replacement. It's like, you know what? I'm going to trade in my Civic and I'm probably going to get a Maserati. It's not a big deal. I'm still going to drive it every day. It just, it doesn't feel like a replacement to me. This is my field watch. I bought this watch to be my field watch. And if I bought a Hamilton Khaki, it would be my field watch. Okay. I can accept that. Tell me I'm wrong. No, that I mean that's an acceptable argument, and I will I will accept it. Lawyer. <laughs> All right, man. What okay, do you got? so we'll go into mine. I have the Vostok Komandersky here sitting in front of me. I don't remember the case. I was looking it up before I came. It's the very uh, extra polished round round case shape with the kind of uh, kind of flattened lugs on it. Oh yeah, what what case is that? I don't know. I don't remember what it is. I was looking it up before we started. Then we hit record and I put my phone down. But it's an OG Commodersky. Yeah. No mod to it. It has the... Uh... Well, it has been modded. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> it has the, uh, the, the, the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 bezel with the uh, uh, kind of broken um, lips mm-hmm. is what I would call it. it. You As I'm trying to describe it, you all know what bezel I'm talking about. Like smushed at the cardinal direction. Or at the, 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 the beveled lips. Yeah, the beveled <laughs> lips. There we go. Uh, it's got that bezel on it. And I, when I put this watch on, so when I got this watch, I was really excited about it. And I've remained really excited about it. But there's always just been something that has kept it from being a daily wear. And it's the black dial with the uh, with the tank at the, the 12 o'clock. <clears throat> And I love this dial. I love this watch. But as I was trying to figure out this week why I don't wear it, it's not because of the the Vostok date dance. It's not because it's a hand wine only. It comes down to this this damn bezel. I hate this thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what it comes down to. So we did a little bit of experimenting today. Uh, well, no, there's a couple things. Number one is the bezel. It is loose. It's nasty. It's and it serves no purpose to me. And it, it doesn't look good, I don't mm, think. so. It doesn't. I gave it the test to see if the Amphibia dive bezel fits. And it does, kind of. I was hoping it would be flush with the crystal. Because I, 
I, I do think the dive bezel looks pretty good on it. I've seen a couple people on the interwebs with a uh, with a slimmer profile dive bezel on there. That well, it fits. It just doesn't. Well, it fits on the case. It just it doesn't fit. It it it's not. It doesn't fit seamlessly with the crystal. And and it doesn't and it and it and it protrudes too far outside too. You it gives only, you like a millimeter of overhang on either side. Only slightly more so than the original bezel. Because that's part of the issue is that this bezel hangs over the edge of the case that just, in a way, I just don't don't dig. Like this is still a watch that I wear fairly, I say fairly regularly. I wear it probably twice a month for a couple of days. Um, so that's what I've decided is number one. First things first is that I'm gonna I'm gonna get a just a brushed plain bezel for this, and I think that will increase wrist time. And then the second thing is I've had this on a cheap on like a, the Sevo. NATO because I felt like it looked really good on a bond and it did look good on a bond but when I put it on this cheapest NATO suede which is what I've had it on all week yeah it looks way better I realized a it looks better and b that strap is terrible it's and I have another one that another one of those straps that I wear that is not so uncomfortable so maybe it's just unique to whatever the material they use for that pattern but having it on this suede and this cheapest NATO suede is and you can see signs of wear and I on it. Uh, no, that's that's suede, man. That's just how suede rolls. Yeah, but it is. I'm I'm digging it. It's on this tan, this tan suede. I think no, it's I think killer, it's called sand. Man. It's a it's a good combo. And I it's think killer. I think with the brushed bezel on there and that tan suede. Did we gonna... gush about the strap last week or two weeks ago? Because I want to gush about it again. When we got it. How much did you? No, we we talked about it on the show, didn't we? Yeah, Recently? when I got it. Uh, Thanksgiving ish. How much did you pay for the strap? Fifteen money, dude. Go get yourself. Be prepared to cheap, wait for five weeks. A, yeah, that's right. She takes forever to get shit to you. Go get yourself a cheapest NATO suede strap. This thing is incredible. I love it for fifteen bucks. You can't beat it. I I so I opted for that because I wanted to give suede a try. The paint on the side is cracking. Which is to be expected. To be expected. It, it cost 15-ish money. But I got it because I wanted to see how suede felt. And this has my experience with the two suede straps that I have. Uh, the other one's the black. The black that 21. I put on the Mino. Yeah, on the twenty, the 21. Uh, has convinced me that I'm going to be emotionally prepared to spend the 60 bucks or so for a good quality suede strap. That's the problem. I think they go from like 15 bucks from Sophie to like... 160 from crown and caliber or something but like i don't know that there's a lot of suede in between there there's there's not and with the way that i've enjoyed this suede i'm emotionally preparing well i'm emotionally prepared and i'm starting to plant the seeds to emotionally prepare my wife for that purchase for 180 dollar yeah i I mean and i don't know that you need to spend that much but i think that i think i think you're gonna look i I think realistically i'm probably looking at 80 bucks yeah you know, which is, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a strap. I, I think, you, you know, one of the things I don't buy is when people say stuff like, I'm not going to put a strap on a watch that costs more than the watch. And I think that's that's a dumb way to think about it because they they do two different things, right? Yeah. Unless you're talking about an integrated or a fitted strap, the strap gives you that comfort and the retention uh, and the watch gives you timekeeping, and, and it's sort of the star of the show. So 
to say I'm, I'm going to get a $60 SNK and I'm going to limit myself to $20 straps on that SNK. I think, I think you missed the beat. You know, I've got this Havistim on my SNK right now. And I think it certainly isn't 60 bucks, but it was, I think they're 28, 32, 35 to 40, somewhere yeah. in that range. I've got a, uh, I've got a Hirsch Liberty that I wear on that thing regularly, which or was which was I think seventy when I bought it. The Super Engineer that was on the MDV that that bracelet was designed for that watch. I'm sure of it. For the SNK, or no, for the on, MDV. On the, yeah. on the MDV, it was yeah, a perfect fit, be. and it certainly cost twice as much as the MDV. Oh yeah, certainly, certainly. So so yeah, no, I I think you've done a good thing here, and and I think that that even if you put a very nice strap on there, you, you'd be really happy with that. Oh, I absolutely would. And like, I think the watch cost forty bucks, which is why I wasn't worried about putting a screwdriver to this bezel because getting this bezel off was a nightmare. There was something mechanically different from that one versus my Amphibia. Yeah, because uh, it took a screwdriver. I tried. Uh, we tried to take it off. I don't know if a month or so ago. And it, I messed my hand up using a, like a plastic, like, I don't even know what it was, like a cheese, like a measuring chopper or some shit. Uh, and today I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm breaking the screwdriver out. And that's what I did. That's what I used to get it off. And I marred up the bezel a little bit, but honestly, this bezel is never going back on that watch. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't look terrible without a bezel. It looks incomplete. It looks like it doesn't have a bezel on it. But I think if I get just a nice, just a, a plain brushed bezel. You know, reach out to Murphy, uh, Murphy Manufacturing. I, I don't. I know that he has amphibia bezels. He may have something fairly low profile for that uh, that would work. I think that's what I'm gonna do. And Marinom has a a brushed bezel for fifteen bucks. But for the amphibia. Yeah. Yeah. So it might overhang too much. Um, you, you know, I think that you could you could figure something out. You know what we need to do? Hmm. We need to get a lathe. Some high-speed steel bits, a CNC program, and make a bezel for it. Just machine our own? Yeah. <laughs> Just for that watch. Obviously. Yeah. Because I'm not the only person with this problem. <laughs> I can't be. You, you know, we've, we were, I think, both sort of passively uh, entrepreneurial spirited, and we've talked in the past and about... And serial tinkerers. Serial tinkerers. You know, gosh, if I could have a metal shop and a wood shop all the things I would do. You've actually got a, a decent little wood shop at this point, minus the shop. Yeah, I have a decent mobile uh, work site uh, <laughs> that gets packed up pretty neatly into the back of my shed. And when it's nice, I can bring everything out. And I have a decent, I mean, I have a good back patio for for working. Uh, yeah, I've got, the, the, next, the next purchase is going to be a uh, tabletop lathe. Yeah. Or uh, not a lathe, but a planer. Oh yeah, a tabletop I, planer. I think a planer would be a great idea. Um, and they're pretty affordable. Totally, like like three hundred bucks. And then at that point, I I have, well no, I that was almost stupid. I almost said then I have pretty much everything I need. And the fact of the matter <laughs> is that I don't. My my list of things that I want for like one single application is quite long. But see, once you have that, you there's so many other things you can apply it to. So. Finding a bezel is going to fix this thing. I think so. Between between changing out the strap, because the 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 OEM strap that it came with, I've never even worn. I, I put my hands on it once and said, pass. Uh, putting it on that SIBO NATO wasn't a mistake because it, it got me wearing it, but putting it on the suede was the right answer. So, so for me, to make this a watch that I wear more is, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a change, 
in that I have to change out the bezel. Well, um, but this is a watch that I would wear a lot if it had a not shitty bezel. Let me ask you this. Why, why do you keep it? Because uh, it's kind of special. It's the the first... Uh, so, I'm trying to think. It's the first watch I got after the Aviator. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, the, the Citizen Avion that I have. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of got like a special uh, early in the collection place in my heart so if for no other reason once this thing stops ticking once i never wear it again it's still going to stick around because there's just that little bit of sentimental attachment that that keeps it in there would you say this was your first wis watch i think so yeah yeah i think that's probably true yeah i think that's probably true i can buy and, that and it's a good it's a good first wis watch i mean it's a i think so. it, it's a cool a cool russian like very Russian watch that it's very Russian. Uh, it's less Russian without the bezel. <laughs> it looks way better without the bezel. It does. Uh, it does. But yeah, this is this is a watch that uh, once I get a new bezel on there, that's gonna get a lot of wrist time because it's a great size. Uh, it's it stands out without being really big and loud. I mean, without like without a close examination of it, it doesn't look like you're wearing a Russian watch. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like you're wearing a watch with a tank on the bezel. And I think there's something really fun about being at work and wearing a watch with a tank on the dial, not on the bezel, on the dial. Um, that's just like something, something I get to know. I get to laugh. It's like an exhibition case back. Like it's only for me. Mm-hmm. So nobody's going to look at it. I'm not going to take it off and be like, look at my, look at my movement. Right. Um, right. I think, I think that would probably, would probably land you in some hot water. If you started saying that to people, um, <laughs> <laughs> Take a look at my movement. Only if you had your hands behind your head and your pelvis thrusted. How else would you ask that question? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, but that's that's what it comes down for me. I, I've isolated what I didn't like about this watch and isolated a solution because uh, it's it's a watch that I like and I wish I wore it more, but this bezel, ugh. Well, so you didn't have time to think about this, but... To replace it. If I'm going to replace this watch, I'm going to go something in that same style. I, w- I want to go a... Maybe not necessarily like a vintage, but like a a kind of antiquated, obsolete maybe. I'm thinking like, I think I'd even go Russian still. Go towards like a Raketa, uh, like maybe a Copernic, or a, the Copernus or Copernica or, or like the, the sun and moon hands. You've seen that watch, right? The Copernus? Maybe. Yeah, well, well it's, a, it's a, another kind of... It's it's definitely a little bit more a little louder a little bit more noticeable the uh, the hour and the minute hands are a, like a sun and then a moon silhouette so you can see the gold sun hand moving and it passes through and creates an eclipse look but something along those lines something kind of maybe not necessarily super super functional or but just like a fun kind of ironic watch and ironic's not even the right word just something that's a little bit unique a little bit definitely off the beaten path um that you can wear that's still functional that's still conservative enough that you could wear it in most environments but that is a little fun something for me you got anything else to say about this these fantastic beasts no you know i don't know um i don't know if this 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 I was a little bit nervous about this this show i told you you know gosh i don't know if we have enough talk to about to talk about but here we are 45 minutes later uh, as always as always so uh y- you know tell us what you think about this episode because you you know we're, we're at sort of the point of 40 and 20 where you know this is 19 episodes guys yeah yeah so you know i i think the w- what i'd like to say about it is if y- you know 
at this point if you feel like there are things you want us to talk about maybe show ideas um uh brands that we haven't talked about that we we could talk about uh maybe not that we haven't talked about that you think we ought to yeah that's right you you know whatever you you know give us some ideas We're, we're it's not that we're necessarily uh thirsting for ideas but i think we're at the point where we're starting to sort of uh, the the dartboard is the dartboard is a little bit more sparse at this point, which is not to say we're we're slowing down because if we're going to keep recording every week, we'll just talk about less interesting stuff unless you guys tell us what what it is that interests you. So yeah, we'd love your feedback. We've I mean since day one, really, we've gotten a lot of feedback and a lot of engagement, uh, and just hope that uh, that you guys will continue to continue to give it to us. We we love show ideas. I mean, because part of the reason we're doing this is for our own edification and for us to learn and. If y'all want to, y'all know about a watch or a brand or a topic that that you want us to talk about, we we want to learn about it and yep. then share what we learned. This is a, uh, a we're hoping for it to be a two way conversation sure. or a many way conversation, a three way conversation, if you will. A menage. Yeah. yeah. Well, other stuff. Do you got any cool other stuff? I do. I want to hear about it. So, as as you all know about us, is we're. Uh, we might have a hot sauce problem. <laughs> I have a hot sauce problem and it's in my butt. It's all over me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, and you also know that we're serial tinkerers. Uh, so what I took on about a week ago was, that was a gross sound. I don't know why that happened in my mouth. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I cut out so many just random gross sounds. I mean, I spend, you know, editing this, this show, we've gotten a lot better. It's about two hours and at least... 45 minutes of that two hours is just deleting like (laughs) (laughs) it's horrible it happens like 30 times in an hour some like what what was that and i never make these sounds when i'm just talking normally and i feel like we're just talking normally anyway uh so what i took on last week was a uh was making a hot sauce uh so i i did a, a habanero sauce and I, I wanted to keep it as absolutely simple as possible and pretty controlled so mm. that I could make tweaks to it. So I used, I got a whole shitload of habaneros because I made a couple different hot sauces in a day. Uh, I made a chili pique, pique, P-I-Q-U-E. It's a Puerto Rican hot sauce. It's basically just chili infused vinegar. Uh, so that's, that's uh, steeping in my cupboard. For future consumption. For future consumption. But what I made for immediate consumption was just a habanero hot sauce. And I used uh, 20 habaneros. And I all I did was slice them. <clears throat> and I made sure to wear surgical gloves because I also have this terrible habit of whenever I work with chilies, inevitably I'm going to pick my nose or rub my eye inside of an hour of doing that. And then it's, <laughs> it is hours of suffering. So I used, I wore surgical gloves. Kudos to myself for doing that. I've good never job. done it before and I felt really good about myself. Good job. Because about 20 minutes later, I picked my nose and I was like, oh no, what have you done? I'm good. No damage, no I'm injury. Good. So 20 habaneros. I left three of them un, no, I left three of them seated and ribbed. So it was just three whole habaneros and 17, just the flesh. And I put them in the blender. We're not blanched them real quick. And then I threw them in the blender with a few cloves of garlic, some cilantro, some lime juice, and some salt, and just went to town. I blended it and blended it and blended it and blended it until it was just a pretty smooth puree. It's really smooth, yeah. It's really smooth, and it doesn't have that sort of fibrous 
that that sort of fibrous texture that sometimes you get with homemade hot sauce. No, and I think blanching helped it soften up a little bit so that they they smooth they they pureed really nicely, and it turned out so good. That's killer for just being like this is how I think I'm gonna do this and winging a recipe, and I wrote it down so that I could adjust the heat. You know whether I needed to reel one back of seeds or, right. or add some more with the with the whole chili in there um but what was most surprising was how sweet it came out super sweet i, I would have sworn that you put some some sweetness in there that you put sugar or maple syrup or something in there just love because it's not just sweet it's like a full-bodied sweetness you know and in, in fact that's what i was thinking that you'd put maple syrup in there that would make sense that would be I think the maple would kind of mess it up. I think I'd use, if I was going to sweeten it with something, I'd use like agave nectar mm. um, or corn syrup because, you know, why not? You, you know, I've made sriracha before with maple syrup and it actually goes, the, the roundness of the maple syrup goes really well. But proceed. Oh, so anyway, that was it. And it, I I poured it into a into a jar and I tasted it and I was like, dude, you've done it. Mm, you you've created it. Yeah. a magical sauce. That I don't know if I'd eat it on chips. It's pretty spicy. It does immediately prompt a a brow. Uh, you know, you know when your when your forehead gets itchy right before the sweat breaks. <laughs> I get it um, on the back of my head, top of my head, back of my head. I just immediately get the forehead itch, like the hairline itch. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're about to start. It's about to here, start happening. Here we go. Uh, but it it turned out so good, and because I'm leaving for the month, I, I brought you the balance of of the sauce because I don't know how long it'll keep. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I think it'll probably keep longer than you think. But uh, no, it was a really good idea to bring the rest to me because I'll I'll make good use of it. Uh, you, and it's keto. It, it's it's keto friendly. I just ate about I don't know uh, a tablespoon of it with salami, pork rinds. Oh, pork rinds. I had I had some on a piece of salami, but then I uh, I actually dipped some pork rinds into it. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah, it's good. I'll I'll, I'll give you one before you go. Uh, it's spicy. Mm. It, it's not. It's not. As spicy as I thought it would be, actually. I, I was a little surprised. Um, but it's got the pop that I want. You, you know, I've read some people talking about their habanero salsa recipes and saying, you know, they had to figure out a way to dial it down. So I was thinking, you know, this is going to be too spicy. It's not. And I think we we probably are. We might be bad judges of what's too spicy. Yeah, we're probably top 5%, you, you know, of people in terms of our tolerance for, for hot sauce. And, and that's uh, that's not hubris, I think, just based on what I what I have observed. And due to my body on a regular basis. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it might be a little spicier. In fact, I was a little nervous. I took that first bite. And I was like, here, what are we going to do? And it's totally eatable for me. Uh, I could eat the shit out of that stuff. I could put... My wife did not like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Kim tried a little bit, and she was like, woo, that is hot. Uh, well, so... when I texted you about it, I said it was hot, and I spelled it H-A-W-T. Hot. Because it's hot. <laughs> uh, but it's it's good. It is it is probably one of the things that I've made that I was most proud of. Yeah. No, you killed it. You and it killed was it. so easy. So that'll be a staple in my home. Well, a staple in my mouth, not in my home, because nobody else will eat it but me. <laughs> you put it on Mark's mac and cheese. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, poor West man. We always give the kids spicy stuff just because we like spicy stuff, and so we'll sort of slide him something spicy. And Betty actually does really well with spicy stuff. She goes, "Ooh, that's hot," uh, but she kind of likes it. You know, she wants to be a grown up. And wants a little bit of the pain. Yeah, yeah. But West is it's too spicy, and he'll like. 
like get up and like you can tell he's like in a panic and mark will just mark sticks his tongue out and just scrapes at it like like (laughs) scrapes at it with both hands it hurts like dude it's not that hot (laughs) it's it might not even be hot at all right Um, hot tamales west had hot tamales one time he just about lost his mind so those can be pretty spicy and they they vary by you know one you'll get you're like oh that's that's pretty good and the next one it's like whoo you're talking about the candy hot tamales yeah every once in a while you get ones like Hmm. a little hot you know when i was a kid i liked those uh what are they called fireballs something something fireballs uh i know what you're talking about hard candies yeah uh i can't think of the name but i know exactly what you're talking about that was one of my favorite candies you could get them for you could get them for five cents at the corner store uh the minute mart and we would go in and get those and get like get like 20 of them you know, I got a buck. Give me twenty fireballs. You know, <laughs> and just spend the next hour like crying because they're so hot. You know, but I'm sure at this point in my life they wouldn't be hot at all. But no, at that time, whoo! And there, it's where it began. So is it me? Yeah. What have you got? I got a couple things. Ooh, I got a couple things. I was hoping to have. I was hoping to have a thing from our friend at Toxic Nados named Terry, but. USPS has completely shit the bed in light of the snow. And I know uh, that's you. I learned that they won't deliver your mail unless you have a clear path to your mailbox. That's right. Yeah, I've got I've got no mail for for. Ooh, is that what it is? That's what it is. You have to shovel the route to your mailbox. Oh, very interesting. Well, I'll do that. Yeah. So I've got a thing. We'll talk about it next week. In fact, I won't talk about it with you next week. Text me. I will talk about it on the air the next time we're on the air. And, we, and and this is a spoiler alert because I know you guys are super sick of Andrew. You're probably sick of me too, but you're going to keep getting me. We're going to have a special guest at some point here for one or two episodes Ooh. in the near future. Um, we've confirmed with our special guest that he is available, and he is. So that's your one clue. It's a, it's a man, but we've got a special guest on the show, <laughs> a, a, a special co-host coming up here uh while andrew is playing in the playing in the swamps and deserts just a swamp yeah it's just swamp uh and, and so, alligators there jeez so something to look forward to uh is a special guest but next time you hear me next time you hear me uh live anyway live ish it'll I'll, I'll be able to announce this new thing but what i did order today is i ordered a sensor cleaning kit from my about <laughs> time from my dslr because i took a picture in the snow this week uh and if you were on instagram you probably saw this picture it's a picture of the emperor diver in quote unquote its natural environment it you know we, we were winter wonderland here so there's snow everywhere that doesn't happen to us it happens to a lot of you all the time but and emperor penguins all the time and emperor penguins all the time so i took a picture and it actually looks like a green screen picture because i took a stool outside and took a picture of this thing on the stool so and and i lit the picture so it looks it looks like a green screen but um when i got the raw file inside with the white background i could see that there's like five million specks of dust on my sensor i was able to edit most of those out using luminars Uh, i use luminar for editing and 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 i also use sort of the mac photos program but i use luminar if i'm doing any heavy editing um and it was like oh my gosh it took me i don't know probably 10 minutes just to delete dust 
So I thought, well, it's time to order a, a sensor cleaning kit. So uh, I'll also look for an update on how that goes. I'm, a, I'm mildly nervous about this process. I would be too, yeah. But I've watched enough videos uh, to feel confident. I think it's going to be fine. And I may have to do it once or twice. Um, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. I ordered a good kit. It's a $25 Altura kit is what I got off of Amazon. It's got a, a case. Oh, it's got a spray. It comes with six swabs and one of those uh, blowy thingies. Oh, yeah. I think we've both taken on potentially more uh, consequential tasks than than a sensor cleaning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I have. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Have. Without even batting an eye. And, and at this point, my 7100 is like uh, a $300 body. So even if I, you know drop it off my balcony when i'm cleaning this thing because i'm going to do it over the balcony over concrete duh uh you you know isn't that how you're supposed to do it yeah (laughs) even if (laughs) even if that happens uh, it's not a super expensive problem and and, you know i'll just buy that same body again you know maybe maybe upgrade to a 7200 girl (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah that's one thing the second thing is umbrella academy have you watched it uh, no, I haven't yet. It It's on my to-do list. Bro, it um, is so good. We're only, I'll say this, I'm only four episodes in. It is fantastic. Absolutely wonderful okay. so far. Umbrella Academy. So this is a show on the on the flicks. That's short for Netflix. That's what the hip people say. That's Not the, the net. <laughs> Not the net. No, that's different. No. That's okay. a bullock. It's on the flicks. Okay. Yeah. Uh... It's a Netflix show. It's new. It it all dropped at once. It's new-ish, I should say. Um, and I it's hate a, the way Netflix does that. I love it. I but, but then I hate it because I binge it. I just I consume it all. And then you have to wait a year, a full and year, and you got to go watch, back and watch the first one over again because you've forgotten what it was about. Yeah, like what was that show about? So this is a family. It's a family of or, or of of adopted children. They get adopted by an eccentric rich millionaire, and they were all sort of immaculately conceived and born on the same day forty three years ago. Forty three. Uh. I don't know, whatever. So, sometime in Soviet Russia, uh, you know, at the sort of tail end of Soviet Russia, these kids were conceived and born immaculately in the same day. Hmm. And this rich billionaire sort of went around and sort of adopted as many of them as he could. And he got he got seven. He got seven. And, Communist and, Russia. <laughs> and names them, well, all across the world, all over the world. Okay. Yeah. And so he names them one one through seven. Okay. Uh, and 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 then they're given names as well. I think by their mom, um, but but so they've you know actual human names. As they're opposed they're, to they're just Christian numbers. names. Yeah, that's right. They're Christian names. Uh, anyway, they've all sort of got different powers, and you sort of learn more about these characters. It, the the first several episodes seem to be mostly character development, so although like there's plot development. Communist X Men. No, because it's in it's in America. Huh. So this this billionaire adopts them and brings them back to uh the united states and raises them in the united states as sort of a superhero team and then you know that the family's dysfunctional and and so they sort of go their separate ways uh but they're they're superheroes is what they are they're mutants um and it's really good man it's super duper good check it out it's fantastic watch it uh and we're out of time so we'll see you next week bye toodles (laughs) (laughs) you got anything else no you know, uh, are, are you uh, are you feeling nervous about leaving for uh, JRTC? No. <clears throat> are we allowed to say that you're going to JRTC? We're probably not. 
I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're saying it. I'm saying it. Yeah. I've been there before. You've been there before. Yeah. Oh, so this is your second JRTC cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been there twice before. That's, uh, I've never been to JRTC. I've been to NTC, which is the same same sort of style of phase, but obviously a different place, different different difficulties. Although I bet NTC is really nice right now. I bet it's like 85 degrees and just perfect. And then like 40 at night. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've been there before. It's not going to be the worst thing I've ever done. So you have what? Like a week of ramp up and then two in the box and a week of out yeah, process? Something like that. I yeah. don't know. Do you guys have equipment too? Do you guys Are you guys bringing rigs? Uh, yeah, but I won't have any hand in any of that. So. Okay. Yeah. All right, man. It'll well, be whatever. I'm going to bring some books. Chill out. I'm. I'm actually. I might not bring books. It's supposed to be rainy. So. Do you have a truck? No. So when I went to NTC, I had my own truck. I. I won't have that. And a driver. I won't have that. <laughs> a special. Special Sprout. He was awesome. Yeah, I won't have that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's worse things. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, and anything else for this week? No. Yeah. Right, well, we'll miss, miss y'all. We'll, we'll miss you. Uh, come back soon. I shall. All right, thank you for joining us for this week of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bumming on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.